0: good morning good to good to see you this morning good to be here i'm glad you're here uh, today we're answering this question how do we handle a difference of opinion in the best way? Maybe I prefer one thing you prefer another maybe the opposite and there's a potential clash or there's a clash how do we how do we handle the awkward tension that arises as we relate to friends and family members and fellow people in the church body. How how do we do that? We're going to look at the Bible's guidance to handle that awkward tension in a way that friendships can continue and that we can continue to enjoy uh, relating to each other. God gives a lot of advice, a lot of counsel, a lot of guidance in, in the scripture for that. Last week, we looked at important judgment calls and they were uh, there's a range of those judgment calls that we make. God God gave us a brain and he gave us a life and he gave us some wiggle room in terms of figuring out what it is uh, we should do in different arenas. Uh, today the focus is more on Preferences and opinions. How do we, how do we manage those? Um, they may or may not be uh, related to uh, right and wrong. Most of them aren't. But how do we avoid turning minor points into major issues and relationships that potentially come, come between us? You, you may have heard the saying... Don't make a mountain out of a mohill. Here's mohill on one side, mountain on the other. A mohill, you could step on a mohill, mole molehill, mohill, mole huh? Mohill. I've mowed over some mohill, mole, hill. mole Um Anyway, you can you could just step on a molehill, but it's going to take fifteen, twenty thousand steps to get up that mountain. So there. There, there are enough. I think the, the, the point of that saying is don't make minor issues major matters of fellowship. Don't do that. Especially since there are very important truths that bring us together. We, we don't need unnecessary challenges in our relationships. (laughs) Because uh, there are many mountains to climb as we relate. All of our preferences and opinions fall along a spectrum of right and wrong. Um, some are clearly wrong. They're just flat out evil. And some are clearly right. But there are others that are more in the middle. It's not, it's not clear one way or the other. And some of them... May not even fall on this chart. They're just preferences. <laughs> They're opinions that we have. Um, we're talking about the decisions in the middle today, where there's not a clear right and wrong, um, and even those who you know lean toward the good. Um, there, there are varying degrees of impact that these preferences and opinions have on our lives. Um, But God leaves it to us to try to figure it out. That's that's what he's given us the responsibility to do. So last week we saw that God shows us how to have the grace to give space. This, This is what God wants. God does. God has the grace to give us space in these matters. So we should as well. The topic for this series is important for the church. Particularly, we we all come from a wide uh, variety of backgrounds. This, this, frankly, makes church fun for me. I, I I really enjoy the variety of folks that are involved. Uh, how how boring is sameness? I mean, it's it's kind of boring. In fact, what God desires in the church is a deep unity without requiring uniformity. Uh, a church with uniformity gathers people from all the same walks of life, all the same thinking, all the same ethnicities, all the same backgrounds, and that's that's plain vanilla, which is pretty pretty boring. I like vanilla sometimes. Uh, if I were picking an ice ice cream cone, uh, sometimes I go with vanilla. I, I, there There are actually certain vanillas I really like now bear with me, do you have a favorite ice cream what is what is your favorite ice cream? Um, this may not be the best analogy, but follow me with this for a second. Here is a picture of my favorite ice cream it 's thrifty chocolate chip that is my favorite ever. Okay, I used to be able to go to the, thr- the thrifty drugstore and um, get a scoop for five cents. That tells you how old I am. Five cents. Five cents. A triple would be 15 cents. That's amazing. Now, on top of the chocolate chip is cherry chip, another version of one of my favorites. I really love cherry chip. Um, another uh, winner is this one, and I've only found it in the Southwest. Bluebell Cookies and Cream—that is amazing stuff right there. And when you're eating it, it, I don't know how, but the consistency is such that it sort of melts on the side like homemade ice cream does, and you scoop that. Huh. That's that's. I was just in Texas, had my fill of it. But I, I also like pistachio nut from Thrifty. I I like almost any kind of coffee ice cream or coffee shake. I I think you get the idea. I I like variety. I, I really enjoy a variety of ice cream. I could go on and on because I love it. But the point is this. God also loves variety. Think about the variety of the people that he has made. And even the people in this room are are quite a a variety of folks. Um, We're from many different parts of the world. Even if we grew up here, most of us have roots in other parts of the world. That's the heartbeat of what makes this America. This is just, it's a melting pot. Since God loves variety, here's one of my main points today. Nowhere in the Bible do we see God aiming at uniformity in the church. In fact, the picture the Bible paints of heaven is it's going to be a place with deep unity but colorful variety. The last book of the Bible, Revelation, gives us a glimpse of what God is working toward in history. And it peels back the curtain and shows us heaven, and it, it, it gives us a, a picture of what is really important to God. Now, here's a very poor cartoon of what this passage says. The passage is on there. Um, but I decided I'm going to just go ahead and show this because it shows a variety of people worshiping God and before the throne. And we couldn't really get a picture of that, but try to put yourself in this scene. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Put yourself in that scene. If you're a Christ follower, you'll be in that scene someday. You'll be worshiping the Lamb. The focus in this scene is on Christ, the Lamb of God, the one who bore our deep red sin and cleansed us so that we could be white as snow. That's what the white robes represent. They represent the purity of the people who've been forgiven. Christ's followers are going to be united in worship around the throne of the one who saved us, who deserves all honor, praise, and focus. It's a rare thing to find unity among people with different backgrounds. We all naturally have our preferences. We want to build friendships and church, even church, around people we share them with. It's easy to gravitate toward people who share our likes and dislikes and those who've come to the same conclusions on matters. Uh, that, that way there, there are less ways to navigate in the friendships and in the family. But that type of uniformity isn't God's heart or his goal. He, he wants the church to be a snapshot of heaven and a picture of the overall goal he is moving toward in history. That's, that's what the church is supposed to be. It's, it's a colony of heaven. That's the picture you get in Scripture. It's a colony of what God is moving history toward. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught that a daily part of our prayer life should include God, bring your heavenly kingdom to earth here and now, right now. Bring it in. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, help us to experience the scene that we're going to fully experience one day, the one painted in Revelation 7. Help us to experience it. Help us to taste it right here. We're going to have the full banquet later on. But help us to just get a taste of the unity that you're going to bring. What a, what a challenge for us. Especially today when there's so much that could divide us. But really, it's always been this way. In the first churches after Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, uh, there was a wide variety of backgrounds. I'm going to read a passage Colossians 3.11 that talks about those. Here, here there is not, and he's talking about in the church, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. That's why I started with stay vertical. Because Jesus Christ is the one who brings us together. And our faith in him is the one who unites us. We need to stay vertical, let him lead us as we deal with our preferences and opinions, as we make judgment calls on very important matters. He's the one that we follow. But there is a list here of some various backgrounds uh, that were of people that were involved in the first church, first churches. Um, They would involve different customs, preferred diets, varying manners. Um, And these different issues were potential divides between the people in that church. Barbarians. Can you imagine sitting down to Sunday dinner with a barbarian? (laughs) Barbarians were, it was a word for uncivilized people. Some of whom were barbaric and violent. Scythians Scythians were from an ethnic group known for their prowess in war. They were regarded in the Greco-Roman world as utterly pagan and uncivilized. These, These guys were all in the same church. Imagine that. There were both slave masters and slaves in the early church. Can you imagine the tension, the potential conflict? that was there. So God gives some guidance through the Apostle Paul, and he passed it along to the church in Rome, and therefore it's handed down to us. Very helpful. It's incredibly helpful advice for dealing with differences of opinion in a way that allow us to enjoy friendships and family relationships. Basically, the guidance is, refuse to let preference and opinion become walls that divide. We tend to erect walls based on our opinions and our preferences. Don't do that. Here are the principles for handling preferences in a way that builds unity. That's a mouthful. There, are, These are principles for relating in the church, but... They definitely apply and they're beneficial when we live them out in our families at work in our neighborhoods among our friends. I'd like to show you a video clip from the movie The Breakup. It's a scene around the family table um, and the couple who Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston, they're they're the couple, and uh both sides of the family are together. And I'd I'd like you to watch the awkward tension that arises in the scene and particularly pay attention to the victim of the scene, who's Vince
1: Vaughn. I I don't know the character's name, but let's watch this together. You know, Dennis, the way your face lights up when you describe your ambitions, it's really inspiring. Oh, thanks. Because I understand how you feel that passion and sharing it with other people i think that's what life's about i don't feel it about boats and squibs squids Squids. sorry (laughs) but i do feel it about singing with my acapella group the tone rangers (laughs) although it's not as aggressive as your dream it's really more of a a brotherhood it's like a musical team It's like a symphony of guys. Guy symphony. And it's very hard to describe the true magic of a group of guys singing in perfect harmony. Mm. It's transcendent. But it's still very real. I guess the best way to to put it in words is just... That doesn't do it. That doesn't do it. Because that's just one person. And what I'm talking about is the pulse of the collective. Oh, heck. Let me just show you how it's done. Dad, how about a little percussion? Tap, tap, tapping. Tap, tap, tapping. Tap, tap, tapping. Tap, tap. And Mom, hi-hat. Good, Mom. Excellent. And Jerry, on the kick drum. Come, come. On the kick drum. Come, come. That's Gary. Come, come with the kick drum. Come. Come, come with the kick drum. Gary, on the kick drum. Come, come. That's Gary on the kick drum. Go. And Gary, in the house. Come, come. Come, come with the kick drum. Come, come. I'm just not really the kick drum kind of guy. I'd rather be just a listener and enjoy all the, the banging that he's doing. In the you know, Gary, that's your prerogative. That's your right to listen.
0: Meantime, i got to talk to Brooke about something.
1: It's called the bass Excuse me. Okay. Good, it do 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 Tank, tank do and, and, and tank, 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 do tank, 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 do you always live your life, never thinking of the future. Prove yourself, you are the move you make. Take your chances, win or lose. Ah, see yourself, you're every step you take. You and you, and that's the only way. Shake, shake, shake yourself, you're every move you make. So the story goes.
0: All right. Now, you probably didn't expect to see anything like that when you came to church this morning. Um, but, I, but I let it go on because <laughs> um, it's funny unless you're the guy try, that they're trying to force to sing. <laughs> if you're him, especially me, I can't sing a lick. I mean, it's really not good. And, and you know what? We didn't sing at the table in my house. <laughs> That was that was sort of a manner, you know. Don't sing at the table. I'm not quite sure why, but it was a good decision <laughs> because our family singing at the table would not have been would not have been good. Um, but you you probably had to navigate moments like this, and it's interesting because the dad states that it's hey that's your prerogative. It's okay with you. But then he subtly pressures him to conform. Um, we all have preferences. They're they're built in to us. Through our upbringing, through experiences that we've had. And sometimes they seem a little quirky. But you know what? We need to give each other space. <laughs> we need to just... Show respect. There's a big sign in the back. Be respectful. We need to do that. <laughs> Sorry, I made you turn around or some of you. Um, God gives guidance on how to work through these things, these kinds of differences in Romans 14. And I want to walk through the principles he gives there. Uh, a preference or a difference of opinion is a major opportunity to demonstrate the grace and love God has shown us. That's what you find. First principle, welcome the weak. This passage is aimed at the more mature Christ followers. So the burden of keeping the unity is on the more mature, not the younger ones in the faith. The more mature, the reason it's it's the weight of it is on the more mature is because They know what's essential and what's not. They've worked this out. They've they've thought it through. So Paul writes in verse 1 of Romans 14, Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. Disputable matters are that that gray area. It refers to that word originally written in the Greek, refers to, arguments over differences of opinion accept describes a gracious hospitality it means to receive or welcome in the one who's whose faith is weak paul paul's describing people who have a weaker understanding of the faith they don't quite know i mean when you when you come to christ you don't know what Value goes on top. You're trying to sort this out. You're not quite sure. But as you mature in Christ, you begin to figure out what is most important to God. And so the folks that Paul's referring to in terms of their faith being weak, they're fully in the faith, but they're still figuring this out. People come into a church uh, from all kinds of backgrounds. We bring different preferences and opinions on things like food to eat, rules to follow, what's forbidden, what's not. Some things may have been forbidden in your upbringing that are really okay. Some things were forbidden in my upbringing that were really okay. I grew up in a church that didn't allow dancing. Um, it was forbidden So I, I didn't dance until I was 21. Now you're looking at me like, okay, I knew he was weird. But wow. (laughs) Um, It felt weird. The first time I danced was at when I was working at Riverside Poly High School. I was chaperoning a dance. And I was about 21 or 22. And it felt so awkward to dance because it was forbidden. And if you looked at me on the dance floor, you might be, there might be cause to judge me for my dancing. Boy, he's a little uptight, isn't he? What's his deal? What's going on? That's, that's what was going on inside. Felt weird to dance uh, since I was, it was considered wrong growing up, but I got over it. Here's a picture of Cindy and I dancing at our daughter Lindsay's wedding. We were enjoying ourselves. I got over it. I've grown in maturity. (laughs) Uh, You might wonder about that if you saw me on the dance floor, but I enjoyed it. Doesn't feel weird anymore. Just looks weird. Uh, There's a part of me, there's a part of me, honestly, that would just love to go just tear it up on the dance floor. But that ain't going to happen. So for, for a number of reasons. Every church is made up of people who have some different yet sincere thoughts and opinions on which God gives wiggle room. It can get pretty heated at times. It can get real personal. But we need to know where to make room and receive people who disagree with us on these disputable gray areas. There's some issues that just aren't clear to us. They're in the middle of the spectrum that I showed. Uh, so we look at the principles and make the best judgment call we can. But the command here is acceptance where the Scripture isn't clear. Next, equally important, is to accept with grace like God does. Um, we, we must take care not to confuse this. And compromise on essential things, essential truths, essential matters. There are legitimate mountains that we need to have in place. There are essential teachings and doctrines and matters of lifestyle that we have to keep in place. There are non-negotiables in the faith. Uh, we have a statement of beliefs that's on our websta- uh, website. The very core essentials are on our website. Uh, we also teach a more complete list in our membership class, uh, Discovering CIV Class One Hundred One, and. Our goal in all of this is unity in central Christian beliefs, liberty in non-essential beliefs, and love in all of our beliefs. This is what God wants. Romans fourteen two and 3 say, One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Unity builds as we keep this in mind. If God has accepted them, then who am I to reject them? What, what's difficult, I think, for so many of us is to really believe that another person can have a valid, valid opinion, um, if it's different than something we sincerely think or prefer. Literally in these verses, the dividing difference is between meat eaters and vegetarians. Maybe that's an issue you have a strong opinion on. Uh, But there are many other issues, like the food we eat, that aren't essential, like instruments. Some, Some churches don't believe you should allow instruments to be played in the church service. Uh, There are different styles of music that are preferences. Rock, country, classical, all kinds of folk. Uh, Bible translations can be a divisive issue. Whether or not you should go to R-rated movies is another one. There's a wide range of opinions and preference on guns, whether you should have them or not, tattoos, political parties, the, the Lord leaves it to us to use our best judgment on these kinds of matters, and we must have the grace to give space. It's not essential. Another principle is to refuse to judge. It, it is sometimes so difficult to hold our tongue with others who hold a different opinion. You saw it on the video. I mean, come on. Why wouldn't you want? There's a subtle pressure to conform. Even if we hold our tongue, we have to fight thoughts of judgment where God gives freedom. Here's Romans 14.4. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. There are many Jewish folks in the early church who held on to dietary laws and restrictions. That That's... Why this passage focuses on food, so it's, it, the the list was Greeks and Jews, so Greeks who really didn't have much dietary restriction and Jewish folks who their upbringing created this sense of foods that were right and wrong to eat. God sent a clear message to the early leaders of the church that all food Is clean. It's okay. We're free to eat anything. In God's mind, it's not a major issue if you're a vegetarian or a meat eater. And this is the matter of preference. This is the opinion that Paul was led to speak into here. But we are so tempted toward legalism on these lesser issues. God didn't make any of us the judge of Others. He makes us a family. He puts us in a family where our brothers and sisters are from very different backgrounds, uh, younger, older, wide variety of preferences. The Bible is clear that every one of us answers to God. He's our judge. So the next principle is make up your own mind. Romans 14. Five through six says, one man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Again, this is back to religious practices. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord. For uh, he gives thanks to God, and he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. The driving motive for all Christ followers In forming an opinion is to please God. I answer to God for my choices and preferences, and so do you. For me, over the years, my preferences and opinions have changed radically. God has rearranged my preferences and opinions. If I would have made a divisive stand early on in my life on matters of opinion... It would have been a complete waste because they've changed so much. This is what Paul is saying. Be convinced in your own mind, but be careful not to drive division over these disputable matters. The guiding principle is put consideration above preference. That, that's the principle. Mature Christ followers, those who move beyond personal preference, to be considerate. When we try to grip too tightly on our preferences here on this earth, it, it's almost like a form of FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Maybe the next life's going to be a dud, so I've got to get it all right now. That, that's a weaker faith. That's, that's what's being lived out here. As we walk with the Lord, he's going to be growing us toward his goal in history. To worship in unity with people from all backgrounds, and that is going to bring him honor and glory and magnify him. Paul wraps up this section with verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and a mutual edification. Peace is important to God. The most mature in the church, speed toward it. That's what that's what the word Make every effort. That's, that's actually one word in the Greek. It means speed. Put the pedal to the metal and floor it toward peace. Even to the point that we limit our freedoms out of consideration for the people around us. The more mature do this. They limit their freedoms out of, con- out of consideration for those around them. Um, those who are weaker, who are holding on to their preferences and opinions that aren't black and white, but they believe they are. We're commanded to do all we can to move toward peace and unity. We don't make minor points, major dividing issues, because we don't want to be a roadblock in the way of someone moving toward God. That's that's the, the focus here. I'd like to wrap up the message by suggesting some next steps. Would you consider taking a next step this week? Uh, here are two that I have. Um, apply principle number fill-in-the-blank this week, just, just for you. Uh, number, principle number one was welcome the week. Principle number two, accept with grace like God's. Number three, refuse to judge. And number four, make up your mind. Maybe there's some wrestling you need to do with your preferences and opinions before God. Uh, He's the one you answer to. And then invite um, someone to Easter. There may be somebody on your heart that you'd like to connect with and invite to join us on Easter. And that's certainly something we would encourage. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth that you have shown to us in your word and how it really does set us free. Thank you, God, for the power that you give to follow you and to take steps that please you. God, help us to do this this week in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.